Father, that's our prayer. God, before our hearts forget your goodness. Father, you are good. God, we love you and we honor and we praise you, Father. Amen. A little more in Matthew 24. Ah, that rhyme. A little more in Matthew 24. A little more in Matthew 24. So we've made our way down to verse 29. And today we're going to look at verse 29 through verse 31. These are two foolish statements that I'm about to make. If you watch any of the news shows today, you're going to hear both of these statements over and over and over again. The two foolish statements. If President Trump is reelected as President of the United States, the world will come to an end. That's a foolish statement. You'll have to change the channel, but if you change the channel, you'll also hear that if Joe Biden wins the election to be the President of the United States, the world is going to end as we know it. Both statements are false. And the reason why they are false is because Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. It is narrow-minded, it is short-sighted, it is lacking faith for believers to think that you got to have the right person in the right place in government for us to be victorious. Because it doesn't matter, because Jesus is Jesus, how the world is, Jesus is still Lord of all. Okay, now, you're thinking right away, yeah, but things are going to be awkwardly different if so-and-so wins. I'll give you that. That's right. It will be different if Joe Biden wins. It will be different if, if Joe Biden comes in and does the things that people say he's going to do. And obviously, Donald Trump has said, boy, if he's elected, the next four years are going to be different because he's not going to be concerned with being reelected. I get that. And, and, and those pieces will fall into shape, and God is going to allow the person to be in office for some for victory for people in America and others would say for judgment in America, depending on who won. I remember hearing when Obama won, that is judgment on America. Many Christians believe that. Many Christians also believe that when George Bush won re-election, oh, that was the worst thing that could ever happen. However, we can reset our focus. We can reset our understanding in understanding that Jesus is Jesus and he's Lord of all and man cannot ruin that. And that's important for us to understand, especially in difficult days. And this is difficult days that Jesus comes through and does what only Jesus can do. And we need to elevate our understanding of who Christ is and it'll help us get through hard times, difficult days. All right. So look in verse 29. Now, we have looked at some of the things that are going to take place before Jesus returns. There's going to be false prophets. There's going to be persecution. There, there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be a taking of the gospel to the whole world. We have seen that uh, uh, there's going to be a time that is going to be experienced in the world that is more difficult than has ever been experienced before, and that is called the Great Tribulation. 
Okay, now verse 29 says, immediately after the tribulation. Immediately after the tribulation. So if you want to know when Jesus is going to return, it's immediately after the tribulation because that's what Jesus has to say. Now, the difficulty is, is determining when that tribulation is going to be. And it's very difficult from our perspective to say, this is the tribulation that Jesus speaks of as the worst tribulation of all, because from our perspective, obviously, we're going to say, I don't believe it can get any worse than this tribulation that we're going through. We're all going to say that as time continually transitions. And if time gets worse and we have difficulties, we're all going to be saying this has got to be it. How can it be worse than this? And, and we have talked before. Perspective is everything about when the tribulation is and what tribulation is the great tribulation. If, if we were believers in Sri Lanka today, we might say this is tribulation. If we were believers in Burma today, we might say, or Miramar, this is the tribulation. If we were believers in Laos today, we may be saying it can't get any worse than this. If we were believers in the Sudanese problem, we might say, let me tell you something. We had to run for our lives. That was a tribulation. We literally took what we had in our hands and we ran across the desert in fear of the army that was pressing down on us. That would be the tribulation. It doesn't get any worse than that. And so what is going to be the great tribulation is going to be a matter of perspective. It's going to be a matter of what we've been through. But we're all going to be saying, this, it can't get any worse than this because this is the Great Tribulation. And when the Great Tribulation is taking place, we're going to be saying, this has got to be it. So here's when we know that Jesus returned after the Great Tribulation. He is going to return. So if you're a math wizard, take the book of Daniel and look at all those days that's listed there. Look at all the different formulas that people have gathered together trying to predict when Jesus will return and, and have a good time. Put it together. Get your math going. A plus B equals C, right? I don't know why. I, I, I never understood how letters had anything to do with math, but they did it. It wasn't me. It wasn't my idea. And get that going. In every generation, someone has said, Jesus is returning in this time. It began back in 300 AD. Jesus is coming back now. Paul believed Jesus was coming back in his lifetime. There's been documents written. There's been books written. I remember in the late 80s, I received a pamphlet in the mail, and this guy identified himself as a scholar, as a theologian, as a mathematician, and he had gone through the Bible, and he's done the numerology, and he had determined when Jesus was going to return, and he gave us a date. I believe it was a September date, like September 1988, on a certain day of September, Jesus is going to return. I read his pamphlet. I didn't understand half his pamphlet, but I read it and I was respectful. And I went, whoa, it, that month's coming up now. Let's see if he's right. That day passed by and I remember thinking, is this the day Jesus is going to return? And I looked up and I thought, I don't see anything happening yet. Maybe it's later all this afternoon. It didn't happen. About six months later, I received another pamphlet in the mail. And he said, you know, I didn't do the math right. But this time, I've got it right, and you need to pay attention. And he gave his reasons for what, how the math was wrong in his calculations, and he was going to return another year from then on this day in 1989 or something like that. And whether you know it or not, Jesus didn't return on that day. I hadn't received another pamphlet from that fellow as far as I know. 
And so people are always saying they know the time, they know the date. And we're going to look at next week or a week or two from now, no one knows the hour, not even the Son of Man. So, but we do have this indication here, something to hold on to, something I believe should produce hope, opportunity, optimism, faith, possibility, immediately after the tribulation. Okay, so we got that. He says, immediately after tribulation of those days, those days are the days of great tribulation. He says, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Whoa, that's pretty significant, isn't it? There's going to be, at the coming of Jesus, some kind of cosmic dis disruption. A disturbance is going to happen in the heavens. It's, it's very difficult for us on this side of eternity, on this side of this happening, to really be able to give some qualifiers or to say this is what's going to happen. Now, so the, 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 the sun is going to go dark. The moon is not going to give off light. The stars are going to fall from heaven. Okay, so people read that. I read that. And I think, you know, if, if there's enough volcanic eruptions that take place and all that ash goes into the sky, that might be it. Right? And now, I've never seen that, but I understand that today, if you live pretty close, if Mount St. Helens, when it blew, the people is in the northwest, the sun was blocked out for a time. And obviously, if all that ash is in the sky, the moon is not going to reflect its light in the evening. So it could be volcanic eruption that's going to take place. Now, we understand there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be all kinds of disruptions in the geology of the earth, our signs of his coming. And certainly we understand if earthquakes happen, they happen because of volcanic eruption or they can cause volcanic eruptions. So, so that's a possibility. Can you imagine if the jet stream is coming out of New Mexico as it often does and swings through Texas and up there north of, north west of Clayton, New Mexico, if those volcanoes were to come alive, we couldn't see the sun, the stars here, right? The moon would grow dark. So that's a possibility. Other people have said that this is referring to a, a great gravitational shift in the universe. And things are going to be out of orbit and the stars are going to be just, just crazy and moving around and banging in each other and there's going to be all this crazy stuff that happens. But as, we, as, as I look at this, we're reading the red and praying for the power. What this really says to us and, and what we can apply right away may not understand exactly what it means in this cosmic disturbance. But one thing we know for sure, the coming of Jesus is with great power. And obviously, Jesus says here, more power than the universe is able to cope with. That's an amazing thing. Consider his power in this verse, that his coming creates a disturbance in the universe. And, and in verse 29 here, and the powers of heaven are shaken. Why are the powers of heaven shaken, shook? 
because of the power of Jesus? Is it to make us all aware of His coming? I imagine so. Is it to make the universe cry out in, in, in worship? I imagine so. Is it just to bring glory to God and reveal to all people how powerful He is? I imagine so. That's why the world is not going to end if Biden is elected or Trump is elected because neither Trump or Biden have got this kind of power. They just can't do it. Now, you know, I heard Joe Biden say that if he was president, there'd be no more fires in Northwest. And, and I've heard Trump say that if he is, re uh, if he is elected, there, there'll be no more immoral immorality taking place in the streets. And, and you hear one guy saying, if he's elected, no more hurricanes in the Gulf. Biden said that. I mean, you've got to be kidding me, Joe. You know, and, and I hear Donald Trump say all the time, what I've done. Nobody's done it quite like me. Nobody's done it quite like me. I mean, there's some, there's some eye in all that. And, and both are just men. Both are just politicians. Well, Donald's not a politician. But b both are leaders in their own right, in their dinner thing. But neither of those fellas can tie the shoes of Jesus. And so if today, if our hope is in the election, we're in for a disappointment. The hope is in Jesus, and we've got to elevate ourselves out of that. Now, I'm not, I'm not downgrading the need for believers to vote and to campaign and use their influence and all those things. We need to do that. We need to do what we believe is right. We, there's no question about that. But our hope is not in a man. And I think verse 29 clearly reveals that to us. Our hope needs to be the one that's able to make the universe shake. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. All right, verse 30. Verse 30 says, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. A lot of different opinions about what that sign is. Many people believe it's the cross. The sign of the Son of Man is the cross, the center of, of what He did for us. And so in the sky, there's going to be a great cross that everyone is going to see. Other people believe that it's going to be the Shekinah glory of God. Uh, Josephus records that when, when Jesus ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives, that on the Mount of Olives from the place of his ascension, there was many days of this cloud, this light that was on top of the Mount of Olives that many people believe most likely was the Shekinah glory of God. Shekinah just being his, his power completely revealed and seen by all of us to see. So maybe it is the Shekinah glory. Maybe that's the sign of the Son of Man. The cross, perhaps. But, but I personally believe that the sign of the Son of Man is Jesus Himself. The sign of the coming of the Son of Man is Jesus Himself. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And there's just not going to be any question that Jesus is going to return, that He is coming. And we understand that, that in this next, next statement that there's, he's going to be recognized. It's going to be a visual encounter that people are going to be able to see Jesus himself return because as it says here, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. All the tribes of the earth will mourn 
and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Man, this morning that's going to take place. That's very interesting. 1 John 2.28 says, And now little children abide in Him so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming. So when Jesus returns, 1 John tells us that there's going to be those who shrink in confidence at His return. It says here, Jesus' very own word says that tribes of all people all across the world, when they see the coming of Jesus, they are going to mourn. Mourn means grieve. They're going to hurt. There's going to be emotional upheaval when Jesus returns. <clears throat> Obviously, <coughs> ragweed, not COVID, probably. <laughs> ragweed. <clears throat> Done been tested. Not, not tested, but got the temperature of my head. I'm good. <clears throat> I knew when they, they released the COVID-19 symptoms from October to March, that everybody's going to think I'm a COVID-19 super spreader. Because, boy, I'm in bad shape during those allergies. Anyway, all right, back to this morning. Just think about all the people that have rejected that Jesus is the Messiah. Ah, Isaiah 53 was right, the Jew might say. How did we miss this? How did we miss that Jesus is the Messiah? We've been longing for the Messiah to come, and here it's this Jesus. Mourning. There's going to be mourning, I suppose, from believers who have regrets that they haven't followed through with what God has called them to do. Can you imagine the mourning that happens because Jesus returns and we go, oh, I never did talk to my uncle. I never talked to my best friend. I, I didn't make sure that everyone in my family had heard the good news about Jesus. Mourning. Response. I mean, there He is. Every time people have seen Jesus in His fullness and in His power, there is response. Isaiah said, oh man, how unworthy I am when he saw God in his fullness. And there's going to be mourning that takes place. And many people are going to shrink back from him in shame, not confidence, because they have not been abiding in him. Not abiding in him. And so when Jesus returns... All the tribes of the earth will mourn. There's going to be an experience of mourning that is going to take place. And they, the people of all the tribes, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So in the sky, in the clouds, people are going to see the Lord return. The Lord return. And then we see in verse 31. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Some good news here. There's going to be a gathering. There's going to be a bringing together of all those who have died 
and have gone to heaven. They're going to be gathered for this event. They're going to be brought in from the four ends of heaven to witness this event. It's going to be an overwhelmingly joyous time. It's going to be a time of reunion, of gathering. Man, I was leaving the Little League ballpark yesterday, and and, uh, this grandpa had come to pick up his son. And his son had played in the game that... uh, that I had watched, and uh, the grandpa walks up and he says, "Here I am, whatever the little boy's name was." And and y'all, oh, grandpa, good. And so he goes, and the grandpa puts his arm around him, and they're walking right in front of me. I mean, I can hear everything they're saying. And and uh, the grandpa says, "So you took a third called strike." What the little boy said. Grandpa said, "Son, you never ever take." a third called strike. Now what he was telling his son is, or his grandson, is if you're up to bat and you've got two strikes, you swing at everything close. Because that boy said, well, it wasn't a strike, Grandpa. That, That umpire was wrong. He said, I don't care, son. If you're up to bat and that ball is close and you got two strikes on you, you swing. You swing. You do not ever take a third strike. And I just start laughing, and the grandpa turned around and looked at me, and I just, something else, you know, I just. (laughs) You know what I was laughing at? I've heard my dad say that so many times to me. Son, you're up at bat, and there's two strikes. You choke up on that bat, and you swing at everything close. It is unforgivable to take a third strike. And I heard my dad. And I, and I thought, man, I'm looking forward to the reunion where I can see my dad again. And here that poor little boy is trying to figure out what in the world does it mean to take a third strike. <laughs> and what I'm hearing is I heard my dad's voice. Reunion is coming. Reunion is coming. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I think this is a parallel passage to what Jesus is telling us here about the return, about the great power and and Him being seen in the clouds and this great gathering of the elect from all four corners of heaven. The Scripture tells us, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. And so we grieve with hope because of what Jesus is going to do and who he is for since we believe that jesus died and rose again so we get that accomplished life do we believe that jesus died and rose again if we believe that jesus died and rose again then we have an opportunity to grieve with hope if we do not believe that jesus died and rose again i see no other way to grieve with hope there's not a possibility to grieve with hope if we don't believe that jesus died and rose again because he's the only one that's defeated death and so we can grieve with hope because jesus died and rose again even so through jesus god will bring with him those who have fallen asleep fallen asleep means they have died For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. 
You can count on this, in other words. You can put your, your money on this. You can bet on this. Jesus is the Lord of all. Jesus is Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus died and rose again. And Jesus is coming again to straighten out all the mess in this world. You can, you can count on it. This is a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of the archangel with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So who are the people in the clouds with Jesus? The elect that's coming back with Him. Those that He's drawing from the four corners of heaven, they're going to return with Christ. And there's going to be this magnificent reunion that's going to happen when Jesus comes. Now, many people get all, you know, twisted with this rapture non-rapture caught in the clouds caught away you know this is not the return of christ this is this is the rapture and the second coming comes later but boy if i look at matthew 24 and look at verses that we've looked at today verses 29 through 31 and i lay it over what paul is telling the thessalonians here i, I see no difference that, that the caught away is the caught away of just seeing jesus in the clouds and the, and the reunion that takes a place and, and the celebration that's going to happen. And, and Jesus is going to touch the ground and He's going to stand on the Mount of Olives and He's going to do all the things that Jesus says He's going to do. But this is about hope. This is about for those who are grieving with hope and what we understand and what we know to be true, that when we have died, we go to heaven to be with Him. There's going to be a reunion that's going to take place with those who haven't died. And we are either going to come with our loved ones or we're going to embrace our loved ones who are still here when we return. We grieve with hope. We live life with hope. We, with life, we live life with celebration because there is a gathering of the elect. And, and we who believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave, we are the ones that can celebrate this. He says then in verse 17, then, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, maybe the best thing of all here, we will always be with the Lord. We're always going to be with Him. That's it. Victory. Celebration, hallelujahs for eternity. Regardless of the life we've had, regardless of how painful it's been, regardless of our situation, regardless of who is elected president of the United States in 2020, it's going to be a dim memory. It's going to be Lubbock, Texas in the rearview mirror. Poor old Mac. It's going to be just shouting time will always be with the Lord for all of eternity. Now, verse 18 says, Therefore, because I've said these things, what has He said? He said, because you believe that Jesus died and rose again. Because you believe that He is going to return with 
those believers, with those elect, and He's going to come together, and there's going to be this great celebration, this great reunion of all the elect of all the ages. And because we are going to see the Lord return, and we are going to be with the Lord forever, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. You know, I'm not sure I'm going to keep my job, but Jesus is coming again. I'm not so sure that, that uh, things are going to work out well in our society, but Jesus is coming again. You know, I just don't know how we're going to be able to make it through these crises we're facing, these illnesses that we're dealing with, all these upheavals that we're all facing and all this stress that's going on. But Jesus is coming again. He's returning and he's going to make everything all right. Queen Victoria, she had a cousin that that got born again. He was in the Anglican church and he became what they would call is uncontrollably a holy roller and he got saved and he was filled with the holy spirit and he became the it came to evangelist and he came to our country and everywhere he went that's how he would greet people jesus coming again jesus is returning how you doing mate jesus is returning you know how you doing there buddy jesus is returning it's nice to visit with you reverend he says nice to visit with you don't forget, Jesus is returning. And they said that man had all over him the mindset that Jesus was returning, and he lived every single day that Jesus was returning, Jesus was returning, Jesus was returning. He faced every problem with that, Jesus returning. What did it do for him? It gave him a deadline. It gave him hope. It gave him victory. He didn't face anything sideways because Jesus is going to return. And that was his mindset. And, and he had an urgency about his life. You need to believe in Jesus because Jesus is going to return. You need not waste your time because Jesus is going to return. You don't need to get defeated and, and just, you're just overwhelmed with the matters of this world because encourage each other with those words. Jesus will return. Encourage each other with those words. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 18 says, encourage one another with those words. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, if you believe that He's going to return, if you believe that He's Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lord of all, and if you believe that He's going to come again and He's going to make everything right, and if you believe that there's going to be this great gathering, this great family reunion, and if you believe that we are going to be with the Lord always, encourage one another with those words my sciatica is acting up jesus is going to return right stock market dropped jesus is going to return i hear we don't need the stock market in heaven i hear that he's going to heal the sciaticas in heaven right I, I hear in heaven there's no more tears, there's no more funerals, there's no more hospitals, there's no more nursing homes. Encourage each other with those words. I'm going through a real hard time. I'm going through midlife crisis today. 
I'm about done. I have no far to go. The Cowboys will never win another championship. The Longhorns will not win another championship. I have nothing to hope for and nothing to live for in my life. Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. Whatever you struggle with, encourage each other with these words. Jesus is coming again. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help, help us. Lord, guide us. May we be led by your Spirit. May we not be conformed to the things of this world, but Lord, may we be transformed by the renewing of our minds and hearts for you. May we be like you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.